welcome to the Midlife Masculine Podcast, where we talk about duties that we men need to fulfill. The masculine is driven by selfless duty, spirituality, and the overcoming of obstacles. It is raw, primal, selfless, principle-driven, solitary, and underappreciated. My name is Dhruv Sethi. Join me on the spiritual journey of acquiring knowledge so that we become independent, self-sovereign thinkers and doers for everyone. Find us on all major podcast platforms where we encourage you to like, share and subscribe or learn more at mlmpod.info. Welcome to another episode of Midlife Masculine. As midlife men, we hit a glass ceiling in our drive and ambitions for all sorts of reasons. We can't always explain them or don't know how to overcome them, but sometimes the solution is spiritual rather than logical. In today's episode, we will talk about manifesting your ambitions and desires through theta brainwaves and law of attraction. You are co-creating metaphysically what you desire together with the creator of all that is, or God, using theta brainwaves. This is a discipline I have applied for a few years and it works, if you approach it in a relaxed way. I'm joined by Tanya Lester, who's a theta healer, spiritual healer, and life coach based in Miami, US. Welcome, Tanya. Hi, Drew. How are you? I'm so happy to be here. Very excited. So yes, I do work with both men and women, but I will tell you in the last year and a half, it's impressive how men are really starting to embrace what they really want in life, how to be their best selves through manifesting without having to let's say, control or hurt another person. It's quite beautiful to witness, to heal, and to be a part of this growth that I'm seeing a lot with males. So I am a theta healer, medical intuitive, spiritual advisor. My original degrees are in traditional medicine. And about 14 years ago, actually 2007 to be exact, was when I retired from traditional medicine. I loved it. I would diagnose tumors, so on and so forth through ultrasound and the entire body. And basically, to put it in a nutshell, I became very ill in 2007. Bell's palsy, paralyzed face. My body diminished to 93 pounds. I was diagnosed with terminal MS. And I went through the channels of alternative medicine. I found alternative healers. And it took me about a year to recover. And then I released the medication. So through this very focused metaphysical prayer, through different types of energy healing, kinesiology, nutrition, and releasing all toxicity from your life, as I did, you're able to not only heal yourself, but also manifest, whether it's friends, significant others, money, so on and so forth, through a lot of these energy healing techniques. So I'm grateful to say that for the last 14 years, I am MS-free, medication-free. I don't even take an aspirin. <laughs> and I'm incredibly healthy and I'm very grateful for having had someone introduce me to what I'm going to introduce all of you to, everyone out there listening, what I'm about to bring to the forefront for everybody to tap into. It's a gift, it's your birthright, and everybody can access the quantum fields creator to have prosperity, health, happiness, and joy. Fantastic. Would you say you stumbled upon this or it was a case of iteratively trying different disciplines or modalities? That is a great question. So I forgot to mention that I've always been intuitive. I have always seen 
let's say spirits or angels. I have had clairvoyancy since I was a kid. Those gifts, those supernatural gifts run in my family. So when I was diagnosed, I knew that this was not my disease to carry. I knew that I had it because I had to change my life. And I took my health into my own hands and I found the right physicians. And I actually moved to Indonesia after I recovered and stopped taking medication to really live a stress-free life and really work on nutrition and other types of healing modalities. So I went searching for it, to be honest. And when you search for something and you manifest it, God will move mountains. You just have to have a shovel. Just got to put a little bit of effort into that and you can bring it in. Absolutely. So you would say that you manifested what you work with right now. Up until that point, you were very much into traditional healing. When we say traditional, I'm assuming you mean the modern forms of medicines. Yes. Traditional medicine, i.e. you're sick, take a pill. You're diagnosed with a disease. Here's your medication for the rest of your life. Yes, I was grounded more in traditional medicine, even if I always knew that there was much more to disease than just the body. A lot of the work that I do is to heal mental disease and emotional disease that is actually creating some of the problems, not just health challenges, but blockages in love, blockages in prosperity, and other things that a lot of people would love to show up in their life. And I've worked with you, Tanya, and you've seen how I've changed. And I can tell the listeners that Theta Healing absolutely works. But before we go into a bit more detail, so could you tell us what is Theta Healing and what are Theta Brainwaves? Great question. So out of all the healing modalities that I provide, Theta Healing is my favorite. I think it's the most instrumental. So we have five brainwaves, Beta, Gamma, Alpha, Theta, and Delta. The alpha brainwave is what Reiki healers use, but the theta brainwave is what a theta healer uses. Also, some forms of hypnosis will tap into the theta brainwave. It's been shown that in this theta brainwave, which is a very relaxed state, so the person is in a very relaxed theta brainwave. Also, when you meditate, you're putting your brain in a theta brainwave, and it's been shown to have immense healing properties for the mind and the body. It really relaxes people and it is a way to release a lot of the stress and this anxiety that cause a lot of ailments socially and health-wise as well. So basically, you would connect to that which you resonate with. For some people, it's creator. Some people, it's the quantum field. Like Joe Dispenza talks about the quantum field. Viana and a lot of us, creator of all that is, you tap into source. And once you're tapped into this energy, you can put yourself or your client, as I do with my clients, in a theta brainwave. And once they're in a theta brainwave or you are in a theta brainwave, it's much, much easier to visualize what you want to bring into your life, whatever that may be. You visualize it, you ask for it. And you kind of just see it, you witness it happening. And in turn, you're always grateful and thankful because you know that that manifestation is going to show up. It's going to come to fruition. And the process is, there's nothing to it. I mean, when we worked together before, we can have a call like this remotely over FaceTime or Skype. And it's just a regular session. We can have a cup of tea and where you tap in to the all-knowing universe. 
and you can answer questions. You get downloads essentially and help guide us in our daily lives. Yes. So what Dhruv is referring to is a reading. So in a session, there is healing, but then the person, I can also provide a reading where I can answer questions. Someone may have had a terrible divorce and they're not really sure why their spouse left. And I can connect and explain what that person was feeling and why they wanted to leave, so on and so forth. If somebody wants to manifest a significant other, somebody wants to manifest wealth, once I tap in and do a quote reading, I'm very easily told what are the childhood traumas or limiting beliefs or subconscious beliefs that are blocking this person from attaining what they're wanting to bring into their life. Just to add to that, we don't need any fancy equipment, nothing. It's just a FaceTime call, essentially. Exactly. It's just virtual. WhatsApp video, FaceTime. It's pretty easy, to be honest. The only requirement is for a client, for a patient to have a session. The only requirement is that that person actually wants a session. So many times I'll have someone say, oh, please give my wife a session or please give this person a session. And I always say, I don't solicit. I need that person to contact me so then I know that they really want a session because it's not going to work if the person doesn't really want the session. Okay. When I mentor, when I coach people and teach them how to connect to this source energy, the only really requirement for that is that the person believes in universal intelligence, that the person believe in God. And let me be clear, atheists are super successful people, okay? We're not saying they're not. But if your intention is to go into the realm of spirit and have this magic power, which is available for everybody, in order to do that, you have to believe in this higher power. So to learn how to connect in a perfect world, a person will have a belief system bigger than themselves. And to have a session, the only thing the person needs is to want a session. That makes sense. So some belief in a higher power, God, universal creator, and a desire to change your life, essentially. Yes, a desire to change. It all starts with intention. Why do you want that to come into your life? What is the intention of what you're wanting to manifest? And once you are very clear on that, and manifestation 101, you need to know what you want. So many times when I connect to a client, I, when I look at their auric field, I can see that they're changing their minds a lot. And when you change your mind, you're really confusing the universe. So you see this a lot with relationships. I want to get married. And then the person will be like, oh, maybe I don't want to get married. Maybe I just want to have a girlfriend or a boyfriend. And you got to confusing what it is that you're wanting to bring into your life if you can't be consistent with your intention of what you want and why you want it. So how do we reach a point where we know precisely what we want and thereafter visualize it and try to manifest it into our lives? Okay, that is a great question. The best way or one of the easiest ways in a session is to clear all of the fears that that person has. So a lot of people, when they start out, have what we refer to as dual belief systems. So they want to be famous, for example, but then they're scared of being exposed in some way. 
or they might have a fear that when they become famous, they can't trust anyone because people are just going to want to use them for their fame. Or they may feel that what I'm sharing now are actual things that I clear all the time. This is not from a textbook. This is from my experience in being a healer and an alternative medicine practitioner for about 14 years now. I've had people that will slow down how much money they make subconsciously because they think the government's going to take it. And it's kind of like, no, those are limiting beliefs. You can make all the money in the world. If you're making all this excessive money, no problem. Pay your taxes. Easy. Abundance is always going to be there. Okay. So once you release any type of fear that's actually blocking your manifestations, it makes it a lot easier for you to be very clear on what you really want because you're not being held back by a potential fear of what may or may not happen. So on the topic of money, manifesting money, what are some of the typical blocks you've seen? One of the ones that I see a lot, okay, is a person, you know, somebody has dual belief systems about money when they make a lot of money and then they lose it. So they make all this money and then they have a fire and they have to pay for the, what if the insurance doesn't pay or they have an accident. So making all this money, then losing it, then making it, then losing it. One of the main things I've seen is there's a human collective consciousness that wealthy and rich people are evil, that they're selfish, that they take advantage of those less fortunate. And that's not really based in universal truth. Some wealthy people may be like that, but a lot of people are not. So if the person really doesn't like rich people, it's going to make it that much harder for them to manifest wealth. So then we have to go back to the childhood, the adolescence, what happened to them, what's the trauma, you know, where's this hatred of rich people really coming from? And once that's clear, then it's safe. Then they realize that they're safe being wealthy, that they're not going to take advantage of anybody, that it's not going to take their goodness away in any way, shape or form. Okay, that makes sense. Staying on that topic. So after we've cleared those blockages and it's time to visualize, what is visualization? What are the techniques? How does that work? All right. So this visualization technique is through a very focused metaphysical prayer. And it has to do with connecting with the quantum field. So you would be by yourself, super relaxed. The more relaxed you are, breathe in and breathe out. You eventually put yourself in a theta brainwave. And when you're in this theta brainwave, you imagine the energy leaving your body and connecting with your highest self, the universe, creator, the quantum field. And once you feel this energy just going through your body, you visualize in your mind's eye. So your eyes would be closed and you visualize in your mind's eye what kind of automobile you would like to be driving. Uh, you would visualize your bank account statements. You go to the ATM. What's the balance on your credit cards or how much credit do you have available? What's in your savings? What are in your checking? You visualize the things you would do for yourself and for others. What type of living situation? Where would you want to live? Your travel. And the easiest way for all of this to happen money-wise is if you're actually wanting this wealth in addition for your own enjoyment, which you're allowed to do that. But what we call divine timing. Divine timing is what you said that you were going to do in this lifetime to help humanity in some way, shape, or form. So your children are part of your divine 
timing. When you donate money to organizations, that is part of your divine timing. If you have employees and you pay them, you're giving them their livelihood. So that is part of your divine timing. You're helping another person in any capacity. So when you visualize all of these things that I just went through, you would also visualize this money to help people in your family, to help the poor, the needy, so on and so forth. And when you visualize this, you kind of, again, in a quiet space. And once you're done with your visualizations, you would open your eyes and then you would say, thank you. I have this in my life now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I like to follow it up with writing a manifestation list where you write everything you want, not just money, everything. You want more friends. You want more travel. You want, let's say, more clients, whatever it is that the person is wanting to bring. The more, the merrier. And then you put this list and you visualize it, everything on the list as well. And you kind of put it in a safe place. And if you clear your resentments, your fear, your limiting beliefs, your dual beliefs, you'd be surprised. Every three months you look at that list and you'd be like, oh my God, that happened. Clink. And you cross it off. It's a really great feeling, to be honest. From what I've observed, it's somewhat of an iterative process as well. You get closer and closer to it if you just keep your eyes open. Yes, exactly. I mean, you've manifested some great things in your life that you were wanting to happen and they came to fruition through this process that you yourself know how to do. You know, I commend you. You're a great student and a client and you got it and you you know how to do this for yourself already, which is awesome. Well, you're a great mentor and guide, Tanya. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I can give a lot of examples of things that I've manifested, but you touched on cars and you may recall a year ago, I was in that mindset where I wanted a car and I wanted a specific type of car to pick a specific brand and all of a sudden from nowhere my neighbor he was italian and he was leaving the uk to move back to italy and he had to sell his car out of nowhere and it was a fantastic car it just came to me i didn't really have to put in too much effort but of course the visualization techniques that i was applying but the interesting thing is it came to me and it was almost the car that i wanted but not quite i could have easily gone for it and i would have been happy so that was pretty surreal And some of us actually do what's called a visual board. I think you're familiar with that as well, Mr. Drew. They're very powerful where you get a board. I think you had a visual board with the car as well, if I recall. I don't remember. So you can put the car you want, home you want. With a visual board, you just have to say, I want this and or better. You don't want to limit yourself to what you put on the board and you can actually manifest even more than what your visual board has on it. So with the vision board and the visualization, I suppose we have to add that emotion to it as well. It's not just about dreaming and thinking about it, getting that emotion and engaging with the universe. Great. He is 100% on the money here. Speaking of money and manifestations, how is that going to feel? So what he's saying, what Dhruv is saying, which is correct, is not only do you visualize But you think about how are you going to feel when that promotion comes, when the raise comes, when all those extra clients come. It's going to feel, perhaps, to give you an example, you're going to be happy, stress-free. It's going to be a sense of relief. Like, wow, I don't have to worry about this anymore. I can pay that off. I can do this. I can do that. So what does that emotion feel like for you after you visualize those manifestations? So yes, that also plays a very important role in manifesting. And just very quickly on uh, visualization, just so that listeners are aware, 
let's say we go into that meditative state early in the mornings, how much time should we spend each day visualizing? That's a very, very, very good question. So to be honest, it's going to have a lot to do with your quality of sleep and how focused you are when you sit down to visualize and meditate. So for myself, for example, sometimes it takes me 50 every morning. This is a spiritual practice every single morning for the last 14, 15 years I've been doing this before I look at my phone, before I talk to anyone. And sometimes it takes five minutes, sometimes it takes 15 minutes, and sometimes it takes me 25 minutes. And it all has to do with sometimes it takes a person longer to be grounded and centered and really in their space, unaffected by what's happening around them so they can really be in this focused meditative state. So I would say between five minutes, maybe half an hour, but probably not a half an hour, but we're just going to put that in there. So nobody, if somebody attempts this and they look at the clock, oh my God, it's half an hour. That's fine too. And of course, in the beginning, when we start off, the mind is racing and we're thinking about the daily chores and all of those things, uh, but it's just about being consistent. So sometimes it takes you longer to go back into the present moment and not let, as you just mentioned, what's happening during the day or what's going to happen during the day affect your meditative visualization state. And for your clients, what work do they generally need to put in? Of course, it's not just about having a session. Great question. So I am going to say, depending on what it is that they're wanting to do, if what they're wanting to do is manifest, really a matter of releasing all of these limiting beliefs, okay? And learning how to have boundaries with others, have your personal power, so on and so forth. If you're wanting to heal yourself from any ailment and or disease, usually there's a lifestyle, not going to lie. 99% there's a lifestyle change. There's a toxicity in your life, whether it's your relationship, your family, or a friendship, or your workplace. There's usually something quite toxic that is part of why this disease won't go away and it's still there. Sometimes it's not just releasing a toxic situation. There's usually a lifestyle change. Could be exercise, could be a type of diet, could be certain foods that are no longer serving you. So for optimal health, there's usually a lifestyle change for manifestation. It's just a matter of showing up, having a session. And I usually give people a book to read, as you know, from experience. Sometimes I give them uh, homework assignments. Okay. By the way, manifesting is being in the present moment. So one of the things I do all the time is I'll have people set an alarm on their phone. If they're not in a conference call or a meeting, put an alarm on your phone every hour. And when that alarm goes off, the only thing you have to do is focus on what you're thinking. And nine out of 10 times, what you're thinking about is something that happened yesterday or something that may or may not happen in the future. Or you're having a resentful thought, you're having a judgment thought, and you really got to know what you're thinking because part of manifesting has to do with how you think. Your brain waves are actually faster than the speed of light. And they have a psychic, energetic component to them. So yes, sometimes lifestyle change, sometimes just doing sessions and releasing these past traumas with humanity and others. You mentioned a few times in the past that many times traumas or blockages that we have, it's inherited from our ancestors. It's in us. Could you explain that a little bit? Yes. So childhood traumas 
either the child actually experiences the trauma, the early adolescent, the teenager, or they can inherit the traumas of their ancestors. Sometimes past life traumas come in, okay, that can affect the person as well, and soul traumas. And what happens with these traumas is that the person will have a belief system It's not safe to be rich. It's not safe to be in a relationship. People who love me are abusive. No, maybe your caregiver was abusive, but not everybody who loves you is going to be abusive. So you have to kind of like a computer, you pull those negative beliefs out of the hard drive of the subconscious mind and you replace it with thoughts that are aligned with what the person is wanting to bring into their lives. Okay. Let me be clear. Nothing is done without your permission. I can't heal you without your permission. Many times it comes out to change something. (laughs) The client may say, oh, I'm not ready to be vulnerable. Oh my God, no, I can't. I'm not ready for that right now. No, I'm not ready to forgive that person. And guess what? We don't do it. You're not ready to forgive. No problem. You're not ready to put yourself out there and be a little vulnerable. No problem. Nothing is done without your permission, period. It's all about free will. Okay, that makes sense. We want to talk about romance as well. And as you know, we are in year 2023 and more and more midlife men, midlife women are single. They're getting older, they're getting single. What have you seen in terms of blockages there typically? Great question. One of the most common, if people are just not aware of it, is have you really started to hold space for that person to come in? Are you such a doer? Like if you met somebody today, would you really have an hour and a half or two hours a day to spend with that person? And you would be surprised. A lot of middle-aged persons are super successful. They're ambitious. There's this way of being where, you know, from the moment you wake up, which that is not me, by the way, nothing wrong, judgment-free, but there is a way of being where people like to get up, go to work, then they work out, then they do this and they go out at night. They have to suck up every energy of the day, every moment of the day doing something, not just being. And sometimes it's as simple as holding pockets of space for yourself just by yourself, whether you're watching TV or reading a book or walking the beach. Are you really holding pockets of time for that person to come in? And you would be surprised. So sometimes I have to teach people and mentor people how to start to have time for themselves during the day. Other things I see is someone had a very traumatic divorce or a very traumatic relationship. And sometimes people will make a vow with themselves. Those can be canceled as well. So someone may have a terrible relationship or a terrible breakup, and they will say to themselves, I see it all the time, and I know I will never do this again. I will never fall in love again. I'll never do this again. I never get married. But then a couple of years go by and the person never canceled that belief they created or the contract they made. And sometimes it's as simple as going back, healing that past relationship, getting all the soul, by the way, soul fragments, S-O-U-L, are pieces of our soul that we lose through all trauma. Sometimes you have to collect the person's soul fragments, rinse the divine light, put it back into them, do what's called an energetic divorce, give that person closure, break these contracts, vows, oaths, or promises, and then the person will meet the one straight away. Why do you want a boyfriend? Why do you want a girlfriend? Why do you want a significant other? Are you doing it because you feel you're supposed to do it? Or are you wanting someone because you want to share your life with someone? Again, intention is really, really, really important. So many times I hear 
I'm sick of being alone. Well, I understand that, but do you want a relationship to share love with someone, to grow life together, to have this beauty, or is it just about not being alone? So the intention of why you want this lover, significant other is very, very, very important. And then all of these people that have witnessed, a lot of us grew up in, you know, our parents had traumatic marriages. Again, you might have really negative beliefs about relationships that just need to be cleared. It's really as simple as that, to be honest. It takes time. Usually it takes two to three sessions, but you'll notice a big, big, big difference in one session. Absolutely. Just on soul fragments. So when we've had a divorce or a breakup, you're saying that we leave, in simple terms, pieces of our soul with that person that inhibits us from moving on. Absolutely. So we exchange soul fragments. You exchange soul fragments with whomever you are dating, okay, whoever you are romantically involved with, with family members, with really good friends, with people, a co-worker. You just exchange soul fragments, but then you also lose them through any traumatic events. So it is super important to get those soul fragments back from that person that you don't want to be with anymore. Get your pieces back. For example, every time I'm out and about and I hear someone say, oh my God, I have never been the same since that happened to me. I already know that person needs to get their soul fragments back. It's a way to feel complete, whole again, not fractured. And it makes it so much easier to move on and release all trauma. Absolutely. And I can relate to that. As you know, many years ago, there was a girl that I liked very, very much and it didn't work out with her. This was before I met you. And obviously after the breakup, I couldn't stop thinking about her. This was many years ago. Then we started working together and you helped me piece together the soul fragments. And eventually I did get over her. Eventually. Yes. I remember very well. It really helps the person feel whole again and feel as if they can actually move forward. To be honest, it gives you closure of some sort that is a spiritual closure, emotional, mental, not just uh, physical, where it makes you now available after you have that done, the person available for someone new to come into their realm, their paradigm. And that's what I saw as well. That Once you get over it, you essentially collect your soul fragments, you make room for other women, many times actually better women, to come into your life and then you restart again. Exactly. Exactly right. Yes. That was an interesting episode in my life for sure. Talk to us a little bit about judgment, being judgy, gratitude, joy. How does that affect our manifestation? All right. Great question. So as I said earlier, your thoughts are faster than the speed of light. So everything that's going out there has a frequency to it. Your emotions like anger and resentment and sadness, for example, they also have a frequency to them and they also have an energetic component that at the end of the day is what you're putting out. Okay, I'm sure everybody has seen on social media the picture of Albert Einstein and this gives you the equation, you know, everything you're putting out there frequency wise is what you're going to get back. It's true. It's 100% based in universal truth. I'm not talking about depression. If a person is depressed, there's a mental health that's different. Sometimes people need medication until they feel better. Sometimes it's a lifestyle change. But if the person is not depressed and they're always sad and they can't find joy in certain situations, that frequency of sadness is going out there. If a person is always angry, resentful, 
They're never happy. Nothing makes them happy. And it's everything's about putting all that judgment and anger out there. The universe is going to feel that energy and it's going to bring back, give you so much more to be sad about, so much more to be angry about, so much more to be resentful about. It's an art form, but I teach people how to do this. If something happens that you're not happy about, that you process it, that you don't take it personal, okay, and that you immediately see why this is happening and not hold on to anger, resentment, and that you can see it for what it is because those emotions are going to bring you more of what you don't want in your life as well as pessimistic belief systems. And in addition, it's also really important to be grateful for everything you have. If you really look at your life, abundance will be everywhere, not necessarily in a dollar amount, not necessarily money. But sometimes you wake up and everywhere you go, everybody's so kind. Everybody bends over backwards. Oh, here, let me open the door. Let me do this. And you get, that's a form of abundance. And to be grateful is really one of the best emotions that a human can have. When you're grateful, you're just so appreciative for everything you have that of course the universe will do its best to bring you all of these situations for you to continue to be grateful about. And one of the books that you mentioned earlier, The Secret, that book came out, my God, like 30 years ago. I don't remember, by Rhonda Burns. If you're really a little bit confused about what we are discussing about manifestation today, I think it is the best book for someone who does not understand or understand the whole energy concept of what you put out is what you get back. There are a lot of other books on manifestation, but that's kind of like a basic explanation, the book. It's a great book. I highly recommend it. And then once you read that, if it resonates with you, then you would probably get into all these other different guys and gals that have written amazing stuff. I'm not going to get ahead of myself or the listeners. So I would say, as you mentioned earlier, The Secret would be a great way to start learning and understanding this concept of manifestation. The Secret by Rhonda Byrne. Yep. On gratitude, just want to chime in that absolutely, I think that is very key to manifestation. I'm very good at getting speeding tickets and there's something to be grateful for with that as well. If you do get a speeding ticket, what could you say if you get a speeding ticket rather than complain? Oh my goodness. I posted a story yesterday, as a matter of fact. If you get up in the morning and you can breathe, be grateful. It's a great day. You get up in the morning and you can move your body. Be grateful. It's a great day. If you have food in your refrigerator, be grateful. If you have clients, be grateful. If you're healthy, be grateful. If you are going from point A to B and there's no traffic, oh, I'm thank you, thank you. Yay, I'm so happy there's no traffic. There's always something to be grateful about. You go to the yoga studio and the teacher is just amazing. My God, I'm so grateful I had that teacher. If you really look at your life from the moment you wake up to you go to bed, oh, wow, I've never really given this homework assignment to anybody, but it just came to me now. Not write 10 things to be grateful about, but if you really wake up in the morning, from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed and you're really focused in the present moment, I can assure you that there could be at least 20 things, 25, 30 things to be grateful about throughout your day. And I'm telling you, it brings peace to the person who is grateful. And it has a lot to do with healing as well. So yes, great, 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 great emotion, the best, to be honest. So just on the topic of if we get a speeding ticket, and obviously many people would be upset, there's still a way of being grateful. So how can somebody think? 
thank God I got a speeding ticket because this means that I could have crashed up ahead and killed myself or somebody else. Absolutely. Nothing happens by chance in God's world. Nothing happens by chance. Believe me when I tell you. So getting a ticket, yeah, it's a bummer, but maybe you were being reckless. Maybe you were actually putting yourself in danger. Maybe this cop actually saved your life by giving you that ticket. So that would be an example of being grateful when something not super duper happens, for example. Absolutely. So judgment-free, being grateful and being happy and... Resentment is also a big one to let go of. Resentment is the emotion behind cancer, by the way. So people that are embittered, that are always resentful, they usually get cancer, to be honest. And not only that, but resentful people block their manifestations. When you resent someone or you resent a situation without realizing it, you're saying to the universe that that's a problem. When it's really about you not taking it personal, forgiving somebody, not the behavior, but the person for maybe not knowing better or being naive, what have not. I would say resentment is one of the biggest emotions to release. When you catch yourself being resentful, let it go. Do I really have a reason to be resentful? What is this really about? How is this like falsely serving me? Okay, it's not. Okay, I'm done. I'm past it. Would be the best way to go. So various emotions manifest themselves in physical problems, tumors, cancers, like you said. Yes, 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 yes. People who always feel defeated, people who have this belief or these emotions, my God, I just can't win. I just can't win. I'm always defeated. They tend to get diabetes. People who have a lot of stress, who kind of lie to themselves because they're too scared to leave a marriage or they're too scared. I'm talking toxic marriage. They're too scared to leave a brutal, toxic marriage or a workplace. They tend to get fibromyalgia. They tend to get MS. People that feel they have no control over their lives. Like they wake up, you know, every five minutes, something happens that's pulling them in all directions. They will also tend to get MS. So yeah, there are a lot of emotions that have to do with specific and very particular diseases. And all of that can be cleared in a session as well. Is there anything we cannot manifest in our lives? Yes, but not about yourself. You can manifest everything in your life with the exception of changing a government, like something beyond your, I'm just being clear, but that's not really what I was going to say. You can change anything in your personal paradigm and you can manifest anything in your personal paradigm. What you cannot manifest is for another person. So sometimes a partner is wanting their partner to be prosperous. I'll get a call and the person will say, oh, I keep manifesting that my spouse will become successful or will be helped. You can, no, you cannot manifest that. That is the only thing you cannot manifest. You can facilitate someone's well-being. Well, why don't you talk to this person? Why don't you talk to that person? But if that person doesn't want to change, they're not. You cannot manifest or change someone. They have to decide that. And then you can manifest anything in your personal paradigm. But wanting to manifest, everybody on the planet, I guess, would have to want to manifest to change, I don't know, governmental belief or something like that. Things that are outside of your paradigm, it's a bit more challenging. But in your own personal paradigm, yeah, you can manifest anything and everything, not just for someone else, not even your kids, only for yourself. So just on that, so we can't manifest for somebody else, but we can facilitate their manifestation. You can facilitate. So if your child is challenged with math, 
And if you can get a tutor and if you cannot afford a tutor, then you, okay. If you were a theta healer, you can't manifest for your kid, but you go to the seventh plane, then you go down to the sixth plane and you connect with the universal laws. You connect with the law of math and connect that law of math to your child for them to be better in math. But in facilitation, you would get him a tutor or do a lot of YouTube videos if you're not in the financial position to get a tutor. So you can facilitate your child's well-being, for example, or someone else's well-being. But if that kid doesn't want to get good grades, doesn't care about school, no matter how you wrap your head around it, it's how it is. Maybe he's going to be or she's going to be an entrepreneur, for example. So I'm just using kids as an example. So yes, you can facilitate but not manifest for another person. Similarly, for couples as well, you can facilitate exactly. for your partner. Exactly right. Help them out. Just very quickly, you mentioned seven plane. Just very briefly for our listeners, what is the seventh plane? Okay, so many different healing principles and modalities have different numbers for this plane. And theta healing, the seventh plane of existence, is where a creator of all that is exists. And that is the plane that you connect to, the energy you connect to, to do a reading, to do a healing, to manifest whatever it is that you would like in your life. So that is the all-powerful plane of creator of all that is. So as we wrap up, I'll try to summarize it. And please do correct me if I'm wrong. So when we enter a theta brainwave, that frequency, we're essentially able to communicate with the creator of all that is. And we can create or co-create our lives using um, visualization techniques? That's a great question. Yes and no. So if you meditate, if you're just meditating, quieting your mind, you're going to a theta brainwave, which will still heal your body, by the way. But when you're manifesting and you want to connect with the seventh plane, there's a visualization as well. Remember in the beginning of our talk, I mentioned leaving your space and staying your energy leave your space and that your energy is going to go up past your crown chakra and is going to connect to this source energy, seven plane energy. So with meditation, not necessarily, but with visualization of leaving your space, putting yourself in a theta brainwave, imagining yourself connected with source. Yes. In that circumstance, in a theta brainwave, you are connected with creator of all that is. And for those who haven't developed that skill yet, that's where you come in and you can connect on behalf of your clients and you get the downloads, the messages which you can convey to your clients. I do everything other than like nutrition and lifestyle changes. The actual reading and healing is all through the seven plane energy. And you've certainly helped me, Tanya, in the departments of romance, career, car, and a lot of other things. And it works and incrementally it gets better and better as you manifest and sometimes when you do manifest you realize that this is very good i can do better (laughs) you are very welcome that's what it's all about really releasing old ways of thinking ancestral especially past lives and just being in the present moment and knowing that we are so much more drew we are so much more my god than our physical bodies what we can see here the visualization and leaving our space and connecting and gosh, that's where the real magic happens. Absolutely. You mentioned at the start that you have been getting a lot more male clients recently since a year and a half ago. Do you think it's off the back of COVID? That's a great question. I would say a little bit COVID, but I really feel like 
Maybe, but I have to tell you, 2021 feels like this male revolution where all of these men, they're taking care, which I think is amazing. And I'm so happy for that. Where you see men taking more care of themselves and what they eat, how they dress, what they look like, getting mental health, emotional health, spiritual health. A lot of my clients that I've seen sequentially over the last few years, they even want to learn how to be more emotionally connected. Sex is great. That's a very important part of a relationship, but emotional intimacy is just as important. And a lot of men are now learning, which I commend them. They're learning how to actually listen to their partners, not have to fix it, but listen and learning how to express themselves emotionally on a very emotional, deep level. And the aftermath of that has been so great for so many of my male clients. So I'm really excited about this trend. It feels like a revolution of some sort. Well, all of a sudden, all these products, all these beauty products are for men now. I mean, it's been happening for a while. But in my particular practice, really going out of your comfort zone, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, I would say about two and a half years from now, at least in my private practice. And I'm so excited I think it's great, not only for them, but for humanity and for their significant others and their kids and so on and so forth. I first started working with you, I think, Jan 2021, and that was off the back of COVID. I mean, COVID changed me a lot. I was always a spiritual guy, but I think COVID changed me the way I was seeing life. I just felt there was more to life. It just felt upside down, but it made me reevaluate a lot of things. So that led me to you and... Maybe in some crazy way, I have to thank the World Economic Forum for Well, it's funny because now that you reminded me of how you met me, I have to say there is a little bit of connection to all of these men being more open to emotional and spiritual healings because a lot of places were in severe lockdown. Severe, okay? I'm in Miami, so thank you, God. I didn't have to deal with that, but... A lot of people were in, and my heart goes out to those that were stuck for a year and then some not being able to leave their homes. And a lot of men realized, man, my marriage is not going to work out if I don't get help. (laughs) Because a lot of times both spouses go to work, but when you're really stuck with each other day in and day out, and there's no escape, let's say, good point what you said earlier. Yep. I'm going to say COVID does had a lot to do with it. To be honest, now that I'm talking and I'm always receiving information, Yes, COVID did have something to do with this influx of men just wanting to heal their relationships, heal themselves, and just be a better version of themselves. Absolutely. I mean, just to add a bit more onto that, we reach midlife and what COVID did was you look back and you think all the education, taking several degrees, taking on debt, getting a nine to five, all of that stuff, it's been missold a dream. And you reach this point and you think, there's more to it. There has to be more to life. I'm excited as well, like a lot of men taking this path. So it's going to be exciting. So as we reach the end, what's next for you? As I said earlier, I retired from traditional medicine in 2005 and I started my alternative medicine practice about 14 years ago, 13 years ago. So I teach I mentor. What's next for me is starting to be the healer and the healing facilitator of retreats. Okay. When I lived in Indonesia, I was part of many, many, many holistic or healing retreats 
So that's around the corner. Publicly speaking again, in summits or in whatever the platform is that resonates with me because I work with a lot of men and I also am part of men's retreats. So it's not just women. So publicly speaking again. And at some point, it's time to sit down and write my first book, to be honest. Wow, that's exciting. It's not going to be a healing book. It's going to be a book. I don't want to give it away, but it's going to be a memoir. I've seen a lot of things that have nothing to do with your eyesight. (laughs) I've seen a lot. So it's going to be a book for people to read these things that really do exist outside of the 3D realm. Because so many people have had experiences that I will be writing about. And sometimes it takes somebody to realize, oh, that was something supernatural. I do have a gift. Ooh, oh my God, that did happen to me too. I did see that or that did happen. Oh, so it's going to be a book for people to become more aware of some of the things that the mind decided to tell you was nothing. Mm -mm. You did see that entity. (laughs) You did see that angel. You did see that, believe it or not, aliens. Guess what? They're going to be in the book too, okay? Because they're here. So it's going to be a very interesting book, but it's not going to be about how to heal yourself. It's not going to be like that or about manifestation. It's going to be a memoir of everything that I have witnessed in my life that you cannot make up, that science cannot even wrap its head around, let's say. But they're miracles, miracles that have happened that science has no answer for. I don't want you to give it away, but just on these entities, are they typically friendly entities or evil entities? No, it's all I'm going to say. I'm going to keep it like that. Keep us posted on that. Yeah, I will. I will. I will. I promise. And where can people find you? You can find me on my Instagram, my full name, T-A-N-I-A-L-U-I-S-A-L-E-S-T-E-R, Tanya Luisa Lester, my website, Miami Theta Healer, and my Facebook page, Intuitive Healing by Tanya Lester. And I'll link that below. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for your guidance, insight, and all that knowledge that you've imparted on us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Like I said, I'm really excited. I love the name, Midline Masculine. It's hot. And I think there's a lot of topics here that need to be brought up to the forefront. So I'm really happy. And I'm so grateful that you had the courage to create this platform for men to really start to speak about things that they can heal or that they can change or that they need help with. It's amazing. Absolutely. And on that name, Midlife Masculine, that was a download from above. I woke up one morning, it was a download. Love. Well done, I gotta say. Great manifestation, Drew. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you very much, Tanya. And take care. All right. Bye. Thank you. Have a brilliant day. You've been listening to Midlife Masculine Podcast. Find us on all major podcast platforms where we encourage you to like, share and subscribe or learn more at mlmpod.info. Thanks, and see you next time on the Midlife Masculine Podcast.